0: hey everybody welcome to sg debrief this is episode 17 i am your host kevin and with me my ever so talented co-host
1: jeff hello everybody how are you kev
0: not bad jeff i had a pretty decent weekend how uh how was yours
1: uh, so far, so good. I got one more day to go.
0: Oh, that's right. Yours, uh, yours is a little offset from mine. Sunday, Monday, huh?
1: Yeah, it's kind of nice, you know. All the rest of you have to go off to work. and
0: Yeah, anyways. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Very nice. Yeah, actually, uh, yesterday I went and saw um, Sing 2 at uh, Chunky's. And how was that? Well, the movie was well. We'll say interesting. Um, <laughs> cartoons have definitely come a long ways. Um, I, I'm not going to say any any uh, bad comments about it because it's certainly built for a different generation than myself. True, but it was uh, it was entertaining. We'll say. Well, that's. Chunkies, of course, is always a good time. I'm sure, obviously, none of our listeners know this. We, you and I have been there a few times, but it's uh, it's kind of like a pub slash movie theater. They serve food to you while you're watching the movie. It's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. I love that place.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. And then uh, today, I, I actually discovered one of the trails uh, around my new house. Uh, there's actually a lot of like conservation trails in this... This uh, this new area that I'm living in here. Oh, so you went for a walk, huh? Went for a walk. Took uh, Mr. Indiana dog with me.
1: Ooh, speaking of that, did I see a picture of Indy out on a boat without you?
0: Yeah, yeah. Rue likes to go out on his boat, and he likes to take his dog with him. And he has kind of taken my dog under his wing as like a surrogate dog. <laughs> So, he tends to, like, take Indy out on excursions, and man, why not, you know? Indy loves him. <laughs> that was a good-looking picture, though. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Indy was, he's not very used to going out on boats. Yeah. So, what do we got this week, Jeff? I think we're working on solitudes. Solitude. You know, it's funny when I uh, actually, I had no, I I don't know these episodes by title uh, to save my life, but uh, when I did start looking into what solitudes the actual episode was about, I could have sworn that this episode occurred way later in the series than it did. I did not realize this was season one.
1: Season one, I know that caught me off guard well a while ago now, but yeah, this feels like it should have been later in the series. It feels like they really stepped up on this particular episode.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They really, they, they, it came through in fine style. I I thought it was a really good episode. And it actually was an episode that not a lot, a lot really happened. It just happened to be a lot of pretty good acting.
1: We barely left the planet. (laughs) Yeah, well... Pretty much. It's it's one of my favorite episodes. It it really does feel like the writers are looking for something other than the typical, we go through the gate to this planet and screw things up, apparently, and fix it. They're, They're looking for other ideas of what the gate can be used for.
0: Very much so. And I think that I should also bring up, I'm not going to get to it yet, but... This episode had kind of a big reveal to it. That if you were going through the series the first time, that this would be considered kind of a big deal.
1: Are you, are you talking about the fact that the uh, energy blast and how it happened?
0: The energy blast, how it happened, and what it led to. It, discover- it's right. It's kind of a. It's kind of a big deal.
1: I agree. There, there's a and couple tease
0: it. it's kind of like a mystery throughout the episode but we'll we'll get into it and you know obviously we're not going to ruin it for anybody who's actually watching the series for the first time although there I have a feeling there are very few of you good point <laughs> so all right we'll start in on this uh, we open up on the gate room there's an unscheduled off-world activation. And they receive SG-1's iris code, but then the gate starts to act a little bit funny. Yeah. Bad sci-fi effects, that's for sure. But
1: you have to remember it's season one.
0: I think you actually mentioned this in an earlier episode that we got the gate flicker. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really know what, what that really means, but... That they, they used it every once in a while just to indicate that something funny was going on. Well, it's a gate malfunction. Yes, a gate, gate malfunction. I should mention that SG-1 had just gone through the gate, so this is actually very strange that they are coming back through so quickly. Uh, the gate acts like it's drawing twice as much power as, as normal. And starts overloading You get the impression that something's going to blow up. There's a power, you know, that's kind of like that winding noise that something's going to just blow any second. Yeah, it was
1: all kinds of a bad situation. Everybody knew it was, I mean, just the noises. They did a
0: good job with the noises, I suppose. Yeah, I would say so. Jackson and Teok, they come through. Jackson first. God, he comes from like 10 feet in the air through the gate and lands on the ramp. That
1: had to hurt.
0: Yeah, that, that looked like it hurt quite a bit. <laughs> I feel bad for his stunt double there. <laughs> right. And then Teok comes through shortly thereafter. Also not from ten feet in the air, but he is coming through the gate at a pretty good clip. He gets chucked through. And that that's it. <laughs> that's all you get that's pretty well it they got uh, Hammond coming through and T- Jackson is unconscious and Tiok is not well tough guy Tiok, right yeah tough guy Tiok. <laughs> Hammond talks to Tiok real quickly says what the heck happened what happened to uh, O'Neill and Carter and he looks at the gate and he looks around himself like nobody is really looking around to see if they're there already, and he's he doesn't know. Yeah, they were they were right behind him. They're right behind him, but now they're not. I hate it when that happens. So then, really quickly, we get a visual on another Stargate. They fade to another one. It's kind of covered in ice and snow, and Carter and O'Neill are lying next to it. Carter is moving around. O'Neill is not. And it looks like they're in a cave. Crevice. Crevice. Crevice, Crevice, cave. Uh, It's very icy, that's for sure. Very icy. And that's the end of the teaser. A whopping two minutes and thirty-something seconds. So, what are your
1: impressions from
0: the teaser? So, this teaser... This one is very deliberately ominous and mysterious, and I want to, I'm immediately in on this one. I want to know what's going on, especially as the gate is acting funny. I love gate malfunctions. For some reason, that leads us to knowing more about the Stargate system.
1: Big fan of gate mouth. Well, you know, I'm into it just because, like you said, there's a separation in the team again, and you know what a separation in the team means?
0: whole lot of back and forth oh you
1: got that right Yep, buckle up people
0: that's gonna be one of those episodes
1: this made my uh, my head hurt wow All right.
0: (laughs) yep we backed off a little bit from it the last few episodes but we are on point with 100% 50% back and forth between the team on this one some of them are like four second
1: clips too
0: it's like Oh, why? They are. They are. And I'm going to try and hit on as many points as I can here. Audience and Jeff, the, please the, forgive yeah. me if I miss one little detail. I tr- uh-huh. There is a lot of back and forth going on here.
1: Half of it doesn't even make sense either. There was no reason to stick it in there.
0: That's possible. I might agree with you a little on that. All right.
1: So if you skip a few of them, you know, no
0: big deal. Okay. It's nice to you know I won't get crucified for it.
1: Not by me anyways.
0: <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Alright, so at the end of the teaser, we're at the infirmary. Jackson is still unconscious and Hammond is asking Teoke some more questions. Tiok mentions that they were surrounded and they were under fire by some sort of energy weapons as soon as they arrived. Daniel immediately was told to dial home while everybody else provided cover fire, Teok was confident that O'Neill and Carter were right behind him when they escaped. Meters behind them. You know, they should have been there. Two meters. That, because, oh. of course, you know, aliens, they don't understand the this ridiculous U.S. system we have. Everybody uses the metric system.
1: Yeah, well, we're the only weird ones, I think. Mean. I'll Just give tr- them that. We, we are the
0: only weird ones. Well, I I was going to say I do agree with that. We are the only weird ones. Yeah, it's not even just the the, you know, planetary systems. We're the weird ones on our planet. We're the only ones that have this ridiculous system. But hey, that's okay. Somebody thinks it's a good idea. Yep, yeah, six feet or so, right? <laughs> six feet or so. So, uh, Dan Daniel dialed home and yes, he was confident that O'Neill and Carter were right behind him. Hammond agrees to send a probe through once the Stargate is repaired. Well, I should hope so. I think we established that there was lots of explosions and um, they're going to have to do some fix-it work. <laughs> yeah. Capacitors blue. I'm sure that's
1: that's always the go-to, so.
0: Supercapacitors.
1: Oh, excuse, excuse me. <laughs>
0: That's a huge difference there, Jeff. You got to watch that.
1: Supercapacitors, you are absolutely right.
0: (laughs) So we go back to the cave. O'Neill wakes up. He realizes that he has a broken leg. And Carter thinks that uh, Daniel might have misdialed. She makes a couple of wild guesses at what exactly happened.
1: You say wild, but number two was spot on. I, what, what? What
0: was spot on?
1: The fact that there was a malfunction on the gate and that they got sent through one gate. The only thing she no 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 you're
0: getting way ahead here, bud.
1: Oh, this right. the
0: first time we are in the cave here, and Carter makes these. What first she thinks Daniel may have misdialed, and then Jack right. corrects her. He's like, "Well, well, Daniel and Teal went in before us, so that's not possible." Right. And, yeah, so she really doesn't have any good theories at all right now. All of them are kind of crap.
1: Yeah, that, that whole one with all Daniel and Teal were supposed to be there. It's like, well, they're clearly not, so can we move on from that?
0: Right. So she has no idea what happened.
1: That's a first.
0: Yeah, she's supposed to be the smart one. Well, you know. But she does th- seem to think that she they might be in some sort of glacier. Oh, yeah, there you go. See? Look at that. She guessed exactly what you were saying. Was it a a glacier? I called it a cave, a crevice. Some sort of glacier crevice. Yes. (laughs) And there's no DHD in sight. No. No
1: DHD anywhere to be seen. I hate it when that happens. You know, they actually never even thought of was it possible to dial manually i mean i didn't even think of no power source or anything like that but never even
0: crossed the tv screen i was like well they don't have a power source so i guess that's why they couldn't dial manually but even if they could dial manually the gate didn't seem to want to work to begin with it seems like a better idea than daniel and tilk should be here well they didn't really have a whole lot at the beginning there Yeah, all right. So their situation looks a little bit on the dire side. Yep, they both point out they're pretty well uh, effed. Yes. So at the base, repairs are underway on the Stargate, and Hammond is speaking. I'm
1: sorry, I hate to interrupt, but this one really irritated me. Did you catch the music when Hammond is walking through the hallway? Uh, No, I did not. It sounded like he was going to turn the corner and Apophis himself was going to be standing in his gate room, and it was the typical gold music. It was weird.
0: Oh, it was like that that haunting kind of music? Yeah. Like, God, here come the serpent guards.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Okay, I didn't catch, up, catch on that at all. Maybe I just wasn't paying too much attention to the music at that point.
1: Yeah, I was a little annoyed by that. But anyways, yeah, he does not turn the corner and
0: find serpent cards no no he, he taught he turns and finds a broke-ass gate
1: yeah well it's kind of what do ex- what he expected to see right
0: probably and he starts speaking to now i i understand this guy is going forward he's a bit of a series regular he still didn't really have a name at this point he talks to sergeant
1: I was wrong when I said he was in a previous episode. Um, he was not in a previous episode as this character.
0: Okay. All right. But so This is
1: Siler's, which is his name. This is his first appearance.
0: Okay. So we're going to, his name is Sergeant Siler. However, they never mention that his name is actually Sergeant Siler in the episode. He is, he does not, is at this point, he is still unnamed. At least as near as I can tell, I did not catch his name at all in this, in this episode. No,
1: I don't believe it's in there.
0: Um, so he's speaking to Sergeant Siler, and Sergeant Siler is kind of like the resident chief engineer around there. Uh, Carter is obviously the brains of, you know, she knows a lot of the gate system and whatnot. Oh, no, I don't think you give it Siler enough credit because that man's a genius yeah he's kind of the guy he he kind of figures the way the gates work so he's in charge of the repairs and Hammond is like well how long is it going to take Siler's like 24 hours Hammond tries to pull a, a Kirk to Scotty on him there and says no 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 I need it better than that you got I'll half give, that I'll give you half that no sir it doesn't work that way no, no, this is the real world. This isn't Star Trek. I need the whole 24 hours to do my job.
1: That's what I told you it would take.
0: <laughs> I use that line to this day. Yep, that's uh, that's a good line right there. I don't exaggerate my, my uh, timetables here. So, at the cave, once again, Carter is being very apologetic to O'Neill. She is setting and splinting his broken leg.
1: Oh, good! I she needed to be apologetic. I felt so bad for him. It sounded so painful. What's wrong with her? They did. They did a great job on the acting on that one.
0: I would say that O'Neill's in rare form on this episode. He has a lot of O'Neill humor going on. Yeah, you're right. In this scene again. Yeah, Carter is trying to take his mind off of this setting and splinting his leg and tries to get him to talk about another mission where he broke his leg and she just fails utterly at it yeah, he's just does. like please just stop just do whatever so you gotta fun. do and get over get it over with
1: so what happened we all lived happily ever after are you done
0: yep she's not very good at small talk we're, we're getting to that at least yeah bedside manner is not very good either they do mention that they have enough supplies for three days, which is pretty decent. You know, they can make it three days, as long as they don't freeze to death, of course.
1: Well, there's that. Yeah, well, well you know. There's no firewood or anything kicking around, so we got problems there.
0: No, no, no. They, they figured that part out. <laughs> Uh, Carter is not very optimistic. She's actually very pessimistic now through this entire situation, which really brings me down. Because Carter is usually the kind of the bright star of the group.
1: No, no, it was O'Neill trying to keep the spirits high this time.
0: That's scary,
1: man. And he made it an order, which I don't know if that's very helpful.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think that's helpful at all. And that's that's damn scary when O'Neill is the optimist of the group. Yeah plays the pessimist so much better he does very much so uh, so carter is not very not right she's basically just throwing out all of the worst things it's like well even if they find our stargate there's millions of stargates in the system we could be at any of them and we don't have you know we don't even know if this plate there's people here it's just nonstop. so O'Neill gives her a little bit of a pep talk and she helps him up as they try to figure out what to do next. Oh, no, he knows what to do next. He wants to decorate the cave. All right, all right. <laughs> I told you, man, I'm not good at the O'Neill humor. So you go ahead and pitch that no, up. If that. It. That, well, you were just talking about
1: how optimistic he was being. And
0: he was! He,
1: spirited, he got up and made a joke again. It's like, all right, we get it. You think you, you're okay? Everything's going to be good.
0: It is. It's going to be good. And I, I'm i sorry, I didn't mean to come across like I was stomping on your toes there. But Oh no, stomp away if you want to. I okay. <laughs> I just, I'm not very good at playing the whole, <laughs> the O'Neal is awesome thing. <laughs> Alright, so, back at the base, Daniel wakes up, Teal explains what happened, and Daniel confirms that O'Neill and Carter were definitely right behind them. And it makes no sense. Tio tells Daniel they plan to send a probe back to the planet in a couple of hours. So we go back to the cave and they're exploring. (laughs) What's that? Back to the ice world. Four second clips. (laughs) Yes. Yes. There's lots of that. (laughs) Jump in here anytime you want to, you know, make a note. Uh, Oh,
1: trust me. I will. There's not much, I mean, there's four-second
0: clips, so there's not much to talk about other than what happened. Yeah, well, I mean, some of them are super quick. Some of them are, you know, not not super, super quick.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there's some
0: important stuff in here, but... I don't Go. mean to be going back and forth, but it's it's. I guess it's kind of important for t- context when I'm narrating that I'm talking about O'Neill and Carter versus Daniel and Teal. No worries, man, I'm just here to laugh and chuckle. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I like to be here for. (laughs) So O'Neill and Carter might be able to climb out of the cave. Well, O'Neill thinks Carter might be able to climb out of the cave. And just then, Carter locates the lost DHD covered in ice.
1: Good timing.
0: Fantastic. It looks intact, and they decide to try and dig it out. Hopefully, it's functional. Fantastic! I
1: I like where this is going. No climbing. Because that sounded like a lot of work. That did sound... That sounded terrible. Well, yeah. And then what are you going to do about Jack? Now he's definitely going to die down there. Pretty much. Yeah. Good timing. Glad
0: she found that DHD. Carter begins to lose a little... She kind of goes back down again after she starts digging out the DHD. She's like, well... It doesn't. I don't see how it will be found, given the extreme amount of possibilities there could be, and all this. It's like, all right, come on, Carter, just stop bringing us all down. We've far been down this road, okay? Yes. So we're back at the base, and Sergeant Siler has completed repairs on the Stargate. He gives. He's like, "It's all yours, General." General's like, "Outstanding." They immediately dialed the same planet that the team came under fire. On and they send a second probe through. Yeah, they were they were kind of waiting for us on that one. That that didn't last. No, I would say probe got a good ten, maybe fifteen seconds before energy weapons just started coming in and blow and just destroy it. Yeah, needless to say, we're not going to send a rescue mission. (laughs) And I will say, I'm just I know that Teal'c mentioned it earlier that it's possible they were Ghouls in origin. They sounded just like staff weapons. they looked just like staff weapons and oh. I know that staff weapons and glider weapons are pretty much the same weapon except bigger bigger form so I think uh, I think teoke might have been right on that one that that, that might have been the ghouls I
1: well, they I, I would have to agree I mean every other alien species we come across or will come across as a different looking weapon than that so I honestly think they just needed an energy weapon to be the culprit here
0: yep and unfortunately Hammond scrubs the mission the rescue mission because of that
1: well it's not like they were there anyways
0: no it it really wasn't so it's not like they lost much well yeah. you have a point back at the cave. I'll make it fun. I'll be like, back at the cave, back at the SGC. Back at <laughs> the cave, O'Neill is heating up some ice to make some water as Carter finishes chipping the DHD out. Wow. Super exciting, fun jobs here. Yep. We're watching water boil. Yay. Yay. Uh, she stops to drink some water. You know, there's another O'Neill joke there, if it's worth mentioning. Uh, hold on, I lost where you were. That's <laughs> no, okay. I'll I'll go ahead and do it. i to <laughs> do it as well. He was like, "Hey, I got some great soup, ice soup here for you," and she's like, "Okay, I'll be right down." He's like, "Hurry up before it gets cold."
1: Oh <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he's a fun guy.
0: <laughs> so as she comes down to take a break from chipping the dhd out this is where she comes up with a much much better theory as to why they might be stuck there and what happened and that theory would be that when they were on that planet one or several of those energy blasts hit the gate as they were going through it and caused the matter stream slash wormhole to jump to another stargate nearby to earth that's important that's the first time we have ever heard that that could
1: even happen
0: that's stargate theory folks and we got yep. another nine seasons i guarantee you that's gonna come up again
1: write that down in the book of uh, important stuff to remember about the stargate
0: um and actually when she was kind of explaining this theory O'Neill is not terribly interested, so it actually was more explaining to the audience than it was to O'Neill.
1: Yeah, O'Neill was terribly bored with the whole idea. Extremely bored, almost yeah. falling asleep. Yeah, doesn't look like he's doing so good though. In that scene, he's uh, definitely holding his ribs, and
0: yeah, he's O'Neill is looking real, real bad now. I think we can all tell it's not just a broken leg. He might have something else going on. Yeah. I think
1: at one point, I can't say if it's here or now, because I know I didn't write it down, but he does cough up blood.
0: Yep, huh? that's uh, that's a little bit further on.
1: Yeah. All
0: you right. are correct, sir. Well, he's been doing... Yeah, got <laughs> I mean, we only have like 30 back and forths between the cave and the SGC. You're, you're trying to kind gotta... of... Be- You're going to get your timing mixed up every now and then. (laughs) You got that right. All right. So we're back at the SGC and Daniel almost like heard Carter starts to put together some of these pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. That was convenient timing. All of a sudden he figures it out too. He does seem, I mean, he's an, uh, an archeologist, but he does seem to have moments where he has like these, freak, like, able to understand really crazy, logical things.
1: Yeah, when Carter's not around, it's like, uh, all he of us... His... Yeah,
0: it's like he almost takes up the mantle of Carter.
1: Exactly, he can't all of a sudden for this one episode, because she's not around. But somebody needs to be the idea guy. I wish they would so
0: weird. It's like, well, I don't know a damn thing about techno stuff, but I'm an ar- archaeologist, and that's a doctor, and... I, I don't understand what's going on here. I should be smart enough for this, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of nuts. So yeah, uh he starts to put together some of this. He now the part of the puzzle that he does start to put together is the fact that he's got one stargate over here on Earth, and he's got one Stargate on P four eight nine or P four A seven seven one. Yeah, that's right. I wrote it down.
1: you. <laughs> you really think this question is going to be tough, don't you?
0: I, hey, I,
1: you've thrown I out didn't say some, anything. You've thrown out some spot on information tonight.
0: Too. I didn't say nothing, man. But right. he does put together that you got the wormhole between these two planets. He thinks that possibly we should look into the fact that they may have emerged from a stargate in between the two planets somewhere maybe the the stream jumped somehow wow. all of a sudden he got that brain cell all of a sudden he just seemed to something clicked all right well he's right on track so it for him uh we do have a like probably damn close to that 4 seconds you were talking about there we flash back to the cave where Carter is still ch- chipping at the DHD, and she discovers a frozen serpent guard. How did she not see that earlier? It's not like one of those things where you keep chipping at ice and something just appears. Because when you chip at the ice, it goes all cloudy and everything. It's not clear anymore.
1: Yeah, to say the
0: least. So, yeah, it's kind of like... Well, if you didn't see it before, you're not going to notice it until you start stabbing through Serpent Guard.
1: Right. And as far as I could tell, the Serpent Guard wasn't anywhere near where she was. So what was she lo- I don't at?
0: That was kind of an oddball thing. They just kind of threw in there.
1: And it shouldn't have been thrown in there either because it would have made so much more sense if the Serpent Guard wasn't there.
0: You're right! Because, alright, we'll talk about this a little bit later. Yep. But I think we can both agree that that had that scene really had zero business.
1: It shouldn't have happened.
0: Shouldn't have. Okay, so we're we'll ignore that ridiculous scene. Daniel is now one hundred percent on board. That um, he wants to discuss, He wants to explore planets that may be in between Earth and this other planet see if possibly uh, Carter and O'Neill might have popped out of one of those Stargates it's a solid theory it is a really solid theory he's almost got it down the fact that we know we just we've seen the episode and we know Stargate lore But and I tried to watch it from the point of view where I didn't know it's
1: like yeah I can kind of see it being an ice world
0: and they do a good job of it this is a good this is where the writers kind of shine through a little bit
1: I, I would definitely
0: agree. So this is kind of cool. After Daniel kind of explains his theory on we should search out these planets, they do a transition between our gate and the one in the ice cave, ice crevice. And it's like a mirror transition. They're look, We're looking at our gate in the gate room, and then it kind of fades away. And now we're looking at the ice planet yeah I saw that I feel like that was a little bit of a breadcrumb there for if you haven't seen the episode it's like hmm you know what I'm talking about
1: yeah I understand what you're trying to say but no I mean I've seen them cut through the other gates like that off planet too
0: so have they? have they cut like a direct mirror of the gate like that? I don't think they have
1: I'd have to go back and double
0: check. I think that was deliberate. And you know why. Well, yeah, I know why. I think that was very deliberate. And I've never seen another transition from gate to gate like that. Okay. At least not yet. I'll take your word for it. Okay. I just thought that was kind of cool. And that was the only time in the entire episode they did that. All right. So we'll move to Carter. She has the DHD uncovered. Uh, The batteries are almost dead in the flashlight. Felt like that was, that seemed like it was dire at the time. They mentioned that at the very beginning, that they had enough supplies for three days, but the batteries and the flashlights would be a problem. Yeah. Uh, They also mentioned that they were getting some light from above, and that's how they knew they were in a crevasse and not some isolated spot. So I don't really know why the batteries in the flashlight. I thought it was, at this point it was important because they mentioned it, and it was like, well, oh crap, they can't see the symbols if they don't have the flashlight. They don't know what to dial, but it doesn't seem to be a problem ever going forward.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that is kind of weird how they made it a point twice but never did anything about it.
0: Not sure. I'll uh, I'll I'll leave it alone. I just thought that was a little weird
1: that's just tv for you man
0: <laughs> that's tv yep you got it
1: Got a oh, and
0: this is the point where o'neill coughs up this ton of blood oh that's right i
1: did write it down to that <laughs> yeah that's so he's definitely not doing good but Carter didn't seem to notice it or didn't say anything
0: i think it was more she didn't say anything she was more hoping this would work it's like well If we dial the gate and just, you know, go through the wormhole and bring it back to the med bay, then you'll be fine. Yeah, no, oops, if it only worked. She attempts to dial Earth. Right. Unsuccessfully. Yep, and Jack said something to
1: the effect of, are you sure you dialed the right address? Which, I, I don't know, at some point in the next hour... I really wish they would have figured out to dial another gate and see if it worked. I really wish they had to,
0: because it would have. <laughs> I didn't mean to steal it your thought. It absolutely would have worked. They could have literally dialed any other gate. They could have gone to that gate, and they could have. All right, okay. I'm, I'm just saying we'll, yep. we'll move along for for those who want to know exactly what's going on here.
1: There's another broken rule in the Stargate universe in this episode too
0: oh you'll have to bring that up i thought they established a rule i didn't realize they broke one
1: well it it comes up later which makes you when you think of come back and think about this episode it's like whoa, that wasn't supposed to
0: happen okay all right we'll bring that up uh we'll bring that up a little later then
1: yeah we'll bring it up at the end but yeah it comes up later
0: okay Carter tries to dial up Earth, and it doesn't work. She tries to, she presses the big red button, and you just hear kind of like a short circuit kind of situation. (laughs) Such a fun noise. O'Neill at this point suggests that they just try and get, they've been up for a very, very long time. He suggests that they try and get some sleep before they figure it out further. Which, not a terrible idea. Yeah, kind of makes sense kind of makes sense it's obviously not going to get figured out in in anytime soon we go back to Daniel who has struck out on two planets in his little zone there that don't have breathable atmospheres and Hammond says that O'Neill and Carter are formally MIA now but he makes it a point to say that that doesn't mean they're going to stop looking right not yet (laughs) not yet which well, then, what? Well, why did you pronounce him formally, Mia? I, just, I, don't. I'm not really sure what the. What's point the point? I, whatever. And then we get to a very cute scene where O'Neill and Carter are trying to get some sleep and stay warm. My, I'm not my, sure I can really get into this scene.
1: It's my uh, sidearm, I swear.
0: I'm not going to describe it, but it's very. I think we get very uh, intimate with with O'Neill and Carter.
1: This is and kind of like this setting the scene for the rest of the series, though, because all you're gonna get is simple hints at their relationship, like this one.
0: Yep, that's it. It's they clearly are attracted to each other, and it's just very funny. They're very awkward towards each other, and I think that the scene plays a lot towards that. And O'Neill's humor, and uh, if you're if you've watched it, then I'm sure you got a kick out of it. I'm not going to try and describe it.
1: No, no, we can move back to the SGC if you'd
0: like. <laughs> I would, and we will. After their their uh, real cute scene, there, we get a, a little bit of a montage here of just sad, hopeless, worrying, and waiting. At the SGC, it's so depressing. It is. They, I think they go to uh, Hammond. They go to Daniel. They go to. That's all I saw, but Walter. They go to Walter. You know, Mister Freaking, announcing the uh, gate guy.
1: Oh, he's awesome! But yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. They just. It's just a very sad, sad montage of kind of music and people looking very worrisome and waiting to see what happens.
1: So let's swap back to the ice planet where it's less depressing.
0: Right, exactly. Now that we've eaten <laughs> up a little bit of time here. I guess. Carter remembers. Holy crap, I forgot to to do a reset on it. I forgot <laughs> to unplug it and plug it back in. Yeah. <laughs> That's what
1: we do for non-functional navigations. And you know what we call it? Praying for
0: the best. That's it. She's like, I forgot to reset it. Oh, gee. Wh- <laughs> what is the matter with me? This is the age-all, end-all of cures for electronic equipment. <laughs> unplug it, and you plug it back in. In case you didn't know that, folks. Yeah, serious here, and so is Jeff. This that is, is the cure. This is coming from Sam Carter, the
1: smartest person on the planet. Remember that.
0: So she does it. It actually, something very different happens after she does it. Not what they were looking for, but uh, the whole cave shakes. The SGC actually gets a bit of a vibration to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel is kind of, he's hanging out. And I only know this because they mentioned it at the end of the episode, but it's about 4 o'clock in the morning, and I guess he can't sleep. (laughs) He's just hanging out in the the conference room, just trying to crunch stuff in his mind.
1: And he saw the chevrons light up, and his glass had the Jurassic
0: Park effect. Absolutely. Yep. Had that nice little vibration going on, and and uh, he mentions it later as it looks like it was an off-world activation but it just didn't happen right obviously Carter dials out and she, she tried to do it again and it didn't work it just created a lot of shaking try a different address yep well she still, I... did, still didn't do that <laughs> nope. nope nope Daniel has a scene where we see everything click in his head He puts it all together. He knows what's going on now. Which I don't see at all. I don't see how the hell he put it together. Just,
1: he was, oh, because he saw the off-world activation. He saw that,
0: but that could have been literally anything. He just happened to see something really strange that happened with the Stargate. And somehow he came up with the right theory. well... You know, he stepped in as uh, Carter, so he's doing a good job. Yep. I'm gonna say this is also a little T V. Yeah. I feel like they kinda they jumped a couple of steps here and and uh made an assumption. After this latest unsuccessful attempt, O'Neill orders Carter to climb out and take her chances on the surface. Yep. She's Jack's dying.
1: Outright says it. Time to take your stuff and get out.
0: Yep, it's the right decision. Yeah, we're not getting anywhere down here. Nope. Daniel lets us in on his whole theory. Now that it's clicked in the previous scene, we go back to him and he's going to explain himself. He thinks that there may be a second Stargate on Earth. And we know that Ra brought his Stargate but the Gould did not build the Stargate system, so having another one on the planet is absolutely possible.
1: And he goes on to explain that the gate that the Ancients built, I don't know if he actually said the Ancients here.
0: I don't think we've mentioned the Ancients yet.
1: You're you're right, okay. The original gate, all we know is the Gould did not build the gate system, so there could have very well been an original gate, which is why that Serpent Guard being in the ice really irritates me
0: absolutely right
1: you said the gate froze over and it was unacceptable
0: unaccessible i'm not gonna say that that was that was something that was impossible but it really had no place there i mean i suppose they might have dialed earth and there may have been a similar accident at some point and the gate jumped that dude got trapped and he didn't get rescued obviously like so but it had no place. It had zero place in the episode. It didn't tell us anything. It all it did was serve to confuse us.
1: Right. There was no reason for the ghoul to even be meant. They didn't even mention it when the gate fired. Or they did, but they didn't have to. You know, when they were being shot at in the beginning. Right. This it, it episode shouldn't have been about the gold. It should have
0: been about Earth and its origins. I think we can both agree that that just that that scene would have been better just left out of the episode yep but But, i told you we'd get back to that that irritated me (laughs) yeah that was that was silly i don't know why they even did that but yeah anyways daniel felt the vibration this was actually kind of a funny scene um so they looked at they decided they were going to look for the same seismic readings around the globe that occurred when daniel felt that little vibration in the gate room Daniel also mentions that the gate used to shake a lot, and I had actually forgotten that. Right. If you remember back to the movie, that's exactly what happened when they dialed the very first time. It was way more like, almost like an earthquake that was happening.
1: Well, even in Children of the Gods, it shook. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then they did all of those nifty little upgrades after the fact. So, that was interesting. The reason ours doesn't shake a lot anymore is they did a whole bunch of upgrades to the gate room and they put on these dampeners and crap that to where like, there's barely vibration now. Are they super dampeners or just regular dampeners? I think they're um, inertial dampeners.
1: Uh, inertial? Well, look at you! <laughs> oh, man. Throwing
0: up big words. You'd be amazed that I can pull out of my butt. <laughs> Funny moment here. What happens when you dial your own phone number? And he turning to Tioge but he said it. Tio's just like, what? <laughs> he gave him the eyebrow. He gives him
1: like a WTF look. Gave him, gave him the eyebrow raise, but Daniel did immediately understand his mistake and went, like, wrong boom! person.
0: Wrong person turns to Hammond. What happens when you dial your own phone number? Busy you signal.
1: Gave him a busy signal. <laughs>
0: Which would, it's not pertinent at all in today's times because what happens when you dial your own phone number in today's times, Jeff?
1: Um, they can either ignore the incoming call. Or,
0: <laughs> or you get voicemail.
1: Wait, uh, yeah.
0: that's how you get your own voicemail, is how you, you dial your own number.
1: Yeah. Never, yeah, I suppose. I hate voicemail. I'm sorry.
0: I know. Yours is full up. I think yours has been full for the last five years. Who leaves voicemails
1: anymore? It's just the school telling me my kids aren't there. I know that already.
0: Well, I know who doesn't feel leave voicemails. Anybody calling you because your voicemail is full. Good. I'm glad we all get that. If it's important,
1: text me. <laughs> <laughs> voicemails.
0: Probably people. So Carter finally breaks through the surface and surprise, surprise, it's a frozen tundra up there. Yep. Well what did you expect to find? You're stuck in a freaking glacier. Well, what? I mean it might have been a might have been, you know, it's warm and nice up there, but no, it's it's frozen and Definitely not sunny was... tropical of the beaches. Nope. So she's a little bummed. SGC, they do their little seismic finding bit, and they find that the earthquake was in Antarctica. Well, what a coincidence! Carter and Jack seem to be in a very cold climate.
1: Whoa! Well, do you mean there could be cold, cold climates on other planets
0: too? There could be cold climates on other planets, and apparently on
1: Earth. Oh
0: yeah. So now, if the audience has not been clued into this fact yet, they confirm it when the next few scenes here. Carter right. climbs back to O'Neill as the surface looks very hopeless and she is it's again, very sweet moment between Carter and O'Neill where she kind of comforts him as they <laughs> both fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. She might have pretended to be her, his, his ex-wife a little bit. You know, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably on onto something. I'm sorry, but it was very sweet.
1: My uh thing is right here, actually. Your thing? My pay attention. Oh, yes, you're gonna
0: have to say it if you want to actually do it. I I did. It's pay attention. Oh no, no no no! You're gonna have to say it like for real. All right, all right. I'll take up the reins again this time, ladies think? and gentlemen. It's time for pay Pension!
1: I can't do that. I got people upstairs sleeping, man.
0: <laughs> my my whole household is sick right now, so I'm not waking anybody. All right, Jeff. What ridiculously hard question have you come up with me this week? This week. In scene twenty-seven.
1: Oh, sorry, no. <sighs> What is the name of the station in Antarctica that Hammond sends the, res- uh, sends the uh, search and rescue out of? McMurdo. Okay. He is supposed to give it a little more time between the question and the answer. I'm, I'm just
0: saying. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> no, it's,
1: it's more work
0: on you. I broke my own rule on that one. <laughs>
1: I get to laugh just because of that, but yes, you are correct.
0: I might have to come up with a little. Uh, all right, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to fix that and edit. We'll see. <laughs> Boo, Cabin. But yay, I won it! Yay! Everybody, uh, I'll take my round of applause now. Woo Hey, <laughs> Kevin, just to work an extra hour and edit it. <laughs> <laughs> moving on all right that was a good one that was a good one
1: that was fun
0: (laughs) that was fun (laughs) i can't fault you again for coming up with an answer too quickly that's for sure (laughs) damn you were on that Uh, kevin You fool Carter climbs back down to O'Neill as the surface looks totally hopeless, and she comforts him as they both fall asleep. It's very, it's very sweet. Very, very sweet. And this is where the whole Sarah thing comes up. Yep, thinks that Sarah is there, and Carter just kind of goes with it. It's... Yeah, well, I mean, what else are you going to do for a dying man, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, they were both pretty much dying. It was just I mean, he him maybe a little bit sooner than her, but they were both going to freeze to death.
1: Yeah, well, he, my my favorite part of the episode's coming up, but okay. Uh the rescue team, they find Step up, Exactly. So now we don't have to flip flop back and forth anymore.
0: Oh, that's why it's your favorite part because the yeah. whole team is back together.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> I didn't end on this one. Okay,
0: so uh it's the rescue team finds them. It's Hammond, Daniel, Teo. They're all there. They're all going to be okay. O'Neal's going to be okay.
1: Carter still doesn't get that she is on earth already.
0: Carter has not figured it out. Uh, <laughs> they're not going to tell her. She's like, <laughs> she's, she's barely with it right now. I think they just want to give her brain a rest.
1: Probably. It wasn't working that great this episode anyways.
0: Well, she tried. She was really trying. Oh, that was a lot to wrap your head around, but um, the end of it basically was Hammond came and secured this, this second Stargate now for the SGC. So Which now is they're
1: important. remember that.
0: Yep, they are in possession of a second Stargate and DHD now.
1: Which begs a couple of questions. Yes, indeedy. Like, why didn't they use the DHD at Stargate Command instead of their MacGyvered system? And yes, I'm going to call it MacGyvered.
0: That is an excellent question, Jeff. And <laughs> it's one I really don't have an answer to. I was going to say, we're not going to rock the boat. feel like they, they like having this hodgepodge system that can bypass a lot of the Stargate system safety protocols. Maybe <laughs> they just like that. That's a great idea. <laughs> Um, To me, it doesn't seem like a really good idea, but for some reason, they mothball that ADHD. So now,
1: Earth had two Stargates during this entire episode, correct? Correct. Okay, so you're trying to tell me that not one SG team tried to gate in during this, what, three-day ordeal? And if so, the rule of Stargate which comes up later, says that the gate with the DHD attached to it takes precedence.
0: Okay. Um. The first question I can absolutely answer because what? if something bad happens, they recall all teams immediately. So they don't have Stargate teams out where one of these are is going.
1: All right, I'll even let that slide. But the gate with the DHD takes precedence, so why hasn't that been the default? Why haven't our team's been ending up in Antarctica on return trips
0: i'm gonna answer that also in a half-ass way
1: okay that's fine i expect nothing less
0: (laughs) so you happen to notice that that gate acted substantially different after carter did a reset on it
1: no yeah i noticed that too and it was bad tv in my opinion
0: that could have been bad TV, but that also could have been explained that when she did a reset on it, that that's what kicked that gate back into, oh, well, I got to realign myself with the rest of the Stargate system. Uh-huh. Okay. Until then, it wasn't realigned. The other, the more MacGyvered gate was realigned.
1: But it still had a DHD with a of updates, and, you know, we could go down this road all night long.
0: We could. We could. And the short... Uh, the short answer is that I don't have a good answer.
1: Well, the short end of the stick is they hadn't th- thought that far ahead yet.
0: <laughs> well, that's true. But at not the a, time, not they didn't, they
1: didn't paint themselves faulting. into a corner either. Exactly. I'm not faulting it. I'm just questioning it, I guess.
0: Oh, yeah. And you can absolutely question it. And they, they made some mistakes. That's there's, no, th- there's no doubt there.
1: I wouldn't even say mistakes. They were um, learning curves, I guess
0: they were still figuring out the rules exactly
1: but yeah anyways now the dhd is not connected to a gate so uh we should be fine for a while
0: oh yeah i'm sure they unplugged the friggin' double a battery, the everlasting double a batteries that were inside the dhd
1: uh, i think yeah i don't even know how dhds connect to stargates to be honest is it cable wireless
0: or? it's wireless connection. Wireless, wireless. Well, it's clearly wireless because that was established long ago because Ra's DHD was on a ship.
1: Good point. That is a very good point. I need some wireless everlasting AA batteries. How they
0: have a freaking uh, power source that lasts after being frozen in ice for thousands of years, that one baffles me a little bit.
1: Seriously, I just want one of those for my
0: car. Yeah. you know what winter does to those things for real man alright I think you got a, uh, I think you got another segment coming up here, pal I do if we're ready I got who the fuck was that alright buddy who you got this week
1: uh, I chose Dan Shea who plays Sergeant Siler Sergeant Siler sergeant silent now he will show up again and again repeatedly in more ways than you can figure out but this is actually his second appearance as an actor on sg1 he played a serpent guard in uh children of the gods
0: oh no kidding so he wouldn't have known what he looked like if we tried
1: exactly he never would have known but yeah so as an actor he actually started in Magat. well i can't say he started but The notable ones I have written down is MacGyver. Of course, MacGyver for two episodes. Wow. All right. Neon Rider for an episode. Got to throw in the X-Files for an episode. Now, there's a reason there's only one or two episodes. Uh, He was in Stargate SG-1 for 60 episodes. So as an actor, he actually appeared in 60 of these episodes.
0: Holy crap. That's like a third of the episodes.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, Stargate Atlantis, two episodes, obviously crossover episodes, which are still good. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure.
1: He appeared in one episode of Smallville. Another uh, one of my favorites. I like Smallville, yeah. Uh, one episode of Psych, which is one of my favorites. And right. one episode of Continuum, which, again, I, I enjoy. Yes, Another great sci-fi series. But what he really does is stunts. He is a stuntman and a stunt coordinator. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he has done stunt work for iRobot, Fantastic Four, X-Men The Last Stand, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, SG-1. He's done stunts. He was... um stunt coordinator slash stunt double for richard dean anderson
0: no kidding he's richard dean anderson's stunt double that's pretty that's pretty cool
1: that's i, I just learned all that
0: <laughs> so i'm sure he was he was a probably a pretty busy guy through the entire series even if you didn't see him on screen
1: you probably yeah because he later on he becomes there's a lot of stunt uh coordinators but as far as what he does but yeah he was richard dean anderson's stunt double
0: that's really cool he, look, he definitely has a very similar frame to richard dean anderson
1: there's a picture of the two of them together that i found online i'm like yeah now now i see it
0: yeah that's pretty cool
1: <laughs> but yeah he did more stunt work for atlantis arrow he did all the stunt work for psych and two episodes on continuum as just a performer Pretty cool, man. Yeah. I've always liked him. And that line that he delivered in this episode about the 24 hours. And like I said, I still use that line to this
0: day. (laughs) Well, I imagine anybody who's a technician or an engineer of some sort, it's like, well, listen, I'm not giving you the inflated number. I'm giving you the real number.
1: This is the number. And it's probably going to be a little longer than that, too. (laughs) Yeah, minimum Yeah, exactly. This is my minimum. Maximum is next week sometime. What do you want me to tell you?
0: Nice, man. Good times.
1: No, he was, uh, like I said, I thought this was the second episode, which it is. I wasn't wrong.
0: Good deal, man. Got anything fun coming up the upcoming week?
1: Oh, let's see here. Tomorrow I'm going to try and do nothing, and the wife's going to make me do something. Yeah, we'll start off the week like that. No, I got nothing, man. No, Hopefully,
0: get a little pro- productivity going on.
1: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be like 30 tomorrow.
0: Oh yay! That'll be great.
1: I'm going to be hibernating inside. Love that you... New
0: England. Love that lovely New England spring weather.
1: Oh, this is uh, that was fake spring. Now we're going into Fool's winter, I believe, and. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What st- you? Summer's there somewhere. Somewhere.
1: Yeah. It's a. Well, actual spring only lasts for about a day and a half. Then we get sweltering heat. So. <laughs>
0: right on the corner. Can't wait. What do you got going on? Oh, just regular work days. Nothing special. That sounds fun, too. Yep. It'll be a good time. I just hope for the good weather, and keep my spirits up. Yeah, well,
1: I hear you. You drive that car to work yet?
0: Yeah, yeah, I I blew a a little over a quarter a tank of gas on making one trip to work. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be driving that car to work very often. Yeah, no, that's rough. Holy crap. Wow, you sure I can't keep the Never no, mind. no, no, you can't. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, Jeff, I think that's going to bring us to the end, pal. All right, buddy. Good times. Yes, sir. We'll do it all again uh, next time. Um, like I said to everybody, uh, we're, we're trying to get them out. We might be, might be tripping over a little bit on the weekly thing, but we're trying to get them out regularly anyways yeah you know sometimes life happens i got kids he's got kids and other things going on yeah there's a lot of life happening right now hopefully i can get back into the swing of things here soon but uh yeah we're still having a good time making these episodes and hopefully everybody else is having a good time listening to
1: them i'm having fun you're having fun that's all that
0: matters right that's right, sir.
1: yeah
0: all right well have a great uh have a great week, Jeff. Thanks for listening and everybody
1: you have a great week as well, and thanks again, everybody.